Hi, and welcome to Women in Leadership podcast, brought to you by Seasons Leadership, where we focus on helping leaders grow and succeed while building a powerful, supportive community. My name is Susan Ireland, and I'll be your host for today's session. It's my pleasure to introduce my co-host and co-founder of Seasons Leadership, Debbie Collard. Hi, Susan. Hi, Debbie. If you are new to this podcast, please check out earlier episodes where you can find more information for your own leadership development. You can personally reach out to us by rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love to receive your comments and feedback. If there is an episode that is your favorite, take a screenshot of the episode and tag at Women in Leadership on your Instagram or LinkedIn stories, and we will be happy to reach out and connect with you. Today, we have special guest and friend, Patricia Zinnaker. So here's a little bio. This is a a pleasure to do this, Patricia. Thank you for being here. At only 27 years of age, Patricia has not only a master's degree in psycholinguistics, but already gained international experience in entrepreneurship. While still a student, she set up companies in Hong Kong and Singapore, and for years she worked at least 80 and often up to 100 hours a week, which we will talk about, Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) This was not without consequence. When moving back to Munich in 2020, Patricia experienced a burnout. She took this as an opportunity to take a time out of several months where she came back more resilient and stronger than before. She also returned with a new company and a book. Her goal now is to help other entrepreneurs to realize that it brightens up their perspective in life to recognize that there is right measures, still having goals in business and life, but not to doggedly pursue them because there's more to life than pure business. It's about balance and the trust in the flow of life. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Susan. Hi, Debbie. (laughs) Hi, Hi, Patricia. So glad you could be here today. And that's a really powerful bio to start off with. It just says so much about who you are. But I'd like to know even more about this. So if we could start off, Patricia, by you telling us, in your words, about who you are and what drove you to create what you're doing now. First of all, thank you for reading it. It was the first time somebody else read my bio, so I got goosebumps now. It's the first time. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a very good question. So who am I? Well, I'm Patricia. I'm now 29 years old, and I love horses. And what I also really enjoy is supporting other people to reach their goals. And that's actually how I ended up where I am right now, having a coaching business and supporting other young entrepreneurs, not to become a hustler and only focus on work, but find a balance. So to still focus on business, but also realize that there is more in life. That's great. I want to hear more about the horses too. We're going to get to that. Happy to do so. <laughs> At Seasons Leadership, we believe that there is a foundational leadership triad of vision, what you want to achieve, mission, why you do what you do, and values, how you go about doing what you're doing. 
Mission, or said differently, purpose or your why is a key part of that foundation. What would you say is your why or your mission? To be honest, I have the feeling everybody has a certain talent. And the world's a better place if everybody just shares their talent and help other people with their talent. And I have the feeling that I'm pretty good in understanding people and supporting them. So my why is to use this talent, make the world a better place by helping people. And that's my motivation. Whenever I see somebody reaches or, or finishes something or accomplishes something just because we work together, that is my why. When I see other people happy and accomplishing things. That's inspirational. And I think Debbie and I really can share in that why too. Yes. I'm sure you can. I mean, you're great in this as well. And that's why it's, it's great to have this opportunity now to learn from each other. Right. Well, I, I want to dig into it a little bit um, because I think you do your why in a unique way. So how you do it. Would you talk a little bit about that? I'm happy to do so. I'm just not sure if I got your the one you you are looking at. That's um, all right. Well, I have yeah different different ways I'm supporting people. I have one on one coachings. I have my book. I now have starting tomorrow my audio book, but I also have a mastermind group, and you know it from the Seasons Leadership Group that it's intense to have such a program, but it's great to have a group so you can work with a whole group and see how everybody develops and what might be a challenge for one, what might not be a challenge for others, what are the results, what are the goals. And that's a very intense journey, but a very interesting one and a very rewarding one. Tell us more about your book. Wait, because you just are going over this too fast. So you you published and launched a book, and now I didn't realize you were launching the audiobook as well. Yes, I'm uh, doing it tomorrow. So last year when, well, you already said in my bio, I was working a little bit too much. Let's say it like that. I remember my sister's wedding. I mean, you know, my dad and he just came there and I had my laptop at the wedding of my sister and I was doing some emails and stuff. And I remember he just came there, took my laptop and said, and you are going to celebrate now. I'm like, what? And then he took a bottle and gave it to him. He was like, don't ask, just celebrate. I'm like, okay. And that moment was super hard, but I'm so thankful he did because I didn't realize it. I was so in the tunnel of work, work, work and hustle. And all the people I was um, surrounded by, they were such workaholics and they didn't even have friends or hobbies. And this led to a time where I had the feeling, okay, I'm totally burned out. I need a timeout. And I never had this in my life. I was sitting in, right here on this chair, this desk. And all I wanted to do is to um, switch on my computer. And I couldn't. I was sitting here and I couldn't move my finger. So my brain was like, Patricia, just take the finger. And I was like, no, it doesn't work. And I, I couldn't move my body. I couldn't move my finger. I couldn't do anything. And then I started to have, yeah, uh, skin problems, concentration problems and all that stuff. And it was the beginning of my timeout. And so I went for a few months to Italy and I was writing diary. And I can only recommend to everybody now. So many times we don't realize what we learn 
learned in one year or in, in a few months. So whenever I write diary, I love to read the old entries. And that's what I did as well, because it helped me a lot to experience again, to understand what I did, why I did it. And when I came back after three months, I figured out that this could actually be a book to help other people who are also super motivated to work and to build up companies, but not at the cost of their health. And yeah, that's how I came up with no plan, but a book. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the story. And it's, it's great to have such great feedback from all the readers because that is really heartwarming. Yeah. Right, right. You're sharing your learnings with everybody, which is a benefit. So there's something that really was good that came out of it. Totally. And I'm convinced that I've been there and a lot of people have been there. I'm not the only one. But I think that so many more people might go there. And if I can only help a little percentage of them not to go down there, that's awesome. Then I reached whatever I wanted to do. Oh. That's wonderful. It's so inspiring to hear you talk about it. And what comes across for me as I listen to you tell the story, Patricia, is, um, and especially about the writing in your diary, what must have come out of that is what you value in life. Because what I'm hearing from you is, you know, not just the driving hard all the time, but getting that balance and being able to celebrate, as your father said. Yeah. <laughs> and so what would you say your values are that you are living up to in this experience now today? That's a very tough question because it took me quite some time to come up with my new values. And then I actually figured out these are not my new values. These are the values the old Patricia always had. But in the meantime, I tried to be somebody else why it all resulted in what happened last year. And now I know again for myself that the first one that is super important for me is commitment. So what I'm really struggling with is when people say, okay, let's do A, and then they don't show up or they do B or whatever. I'm, I'm really struggling with that. But also I'm the kind of person. When you tell me, Patricia, can you be there and do that? I'll be there, I'll do that. So no question asked. Then the second, second one is... Um, flexibility. I'm not sure if you if you heard of the book Surrender Experiment. I hope it's okay to share it here, <laughs> which is a book about a person who just learned to trust the flow of life. And as soon as he started to trust the flow of life, everything worked out perfectly. And that's the flexibility. Of course, with the commitment, I am convinced you still need to have goals. You still want to know where you want to go. But don't be too hard on it. Be flexible. And if something changes, okay. Maybe it's not option A, then take option B. Maybe way A doesn't work. Okay, then take way B. So always be flexible how you get there. And last but not least, for me, it's passion. Passion and fun. It's not exactly the same, but I put it on kind of the same way. And I believe when you do something where you're committed at, and where you really enjoy what you really enjoy doing, you have to have fun. So it doesn't work. How can you do something you love and you enjoy not having fun? So these are things that are very important. Those, those are great. Commitment, flexibility, passion, and fun. So when you introduced yourself, 
on our first question, you said that you love horses. This might be a good point to interject that story about your love of horses. (laughs) So what can I tell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, since I'm a kid, I love horses. It's something you cannot ask me how it, it, it came, how it developed. It was just there. And whenever I, I was anywhere where a horse was, I was like, bling, bling, big eyes and super excited. <laughs> and uh, I remember when I did the last road trip with my sister, Victoria, in Australia, she was driving. I was uh, in the car. <laughs> and I mean, it was Australia. There are a lot of horses. And every time I saw a horse or a stable, I'm like, horses, horses. And she was like, you're almost 30 now. Stop saying horses. You're a lot of horses. <laughs> But it's something deep inside me. I cannot do anything. And I have the feeling, even though if maybe somebody or some of the listener, listeners had, do not have a touch to nature anymore, or maybe do not have so much time to go out, I can only recommend really take the time, go into the forest, enjoy the time with an animal. I mean, for example, you have a dog and just petting a dog lowers your heart rate. And it uh, hires your motivation and productivity. So, and, and when you can go horseback riding or whatever it is, do it for yourself. Even though at the beginning, you might be a little bit cautious, not sure about it, just try it out. It's, it's awesome. And it gives so much, it feels so calm afterwards. That's fantastic. I know some uh, leaders that, and coaches that use equine therapy as part of their coaching practice. And so there might be an opportunity for you in the future to incorporate horses into what you're doing with going with the flow of life. I even have the um, uh, the certificate. Yeah. So I already have a stable and maybe very soon I could have the first course now. Let's see. <laughs> awesome. Count us in. <laughs> That's like Mary... Marrying two of your passions together. Exactly. It's fantastic. <laughs> the perfect way. Well, I'm wondering, what are you most proud of? That is also a very tough question. <laughs> um, there are things like big accomplishments. I really say, well, I'm proud of that. For example, when I was at university, All my co-founders told me, yeah, just quit it. Just quit it and leave it. You don't need any degree. You don't need any university degree. Just quit it. And I didn't. I finished it with best grades. And that's something I'm like the commitment I shared before. That's something I'm proud of because I kept going. At the same time, other accomplishments, like, for example, with my table tennis team, Quite some time ago already, we've twice won the German championship. That's something, of course, which is pretty cool. Um, Or actually a a coaching client told me this week that he managed not to burn out because of our sessions in the last weeks. And that was something that really, really made me happy because I had the feeling I have an impact and I could help him and He's not recovering. And it's not only the big things. It's a kind of mix, like the smaller things, the bigger things. Yeah, a lot. Well, that's wonderful. That's Those are great things to be proud of. I'm wondering how you celebrated success with each of those things that you described as accomplishments. 
indeed, I have my own way <laughs> to celebrate it. So I figured out that for me, it's not the best thing to always have a big party, even though I love parties as soon as possible again. But it's more about the little steps or the little things. And for example, I really would love to have a new kitchen table, but I'm not going to buy it myself. I'm, I'm not like, okay, I just buy it. But I have a certain goal with my company. And if I'll reach it in the next six weeks, I'm going to buy it as a reward for myself. And I love that. Great way yeah. to incorporate the things you want in life with the things you accomplish. That's wonderful. Thank you. Let's go back to your company and all the things that you're doing for entrepreneurs. Were you prepared to step into this leadership role? Yes and no. So I think that there are people who are, I don't know, right from birth, more in the way of leadership role and some who are not exactly in that role. And both is totally fine. So when I grew up, I started quite early to do, for example, children's service when I was a teenager or give sports classes or horse riding classes. So I always, since school, I was responsible for groups or for children or for camps. And so it came with the time. Yeah. Over time, I developed more and more and learned how it is to take care of a group, to be responsible and yeah, what to take care of. Mm -hmm. So you said yes and no. So what is the no part? I mean, is this really preparation? It's more like what life throws you in and you can decide if you take the lessons or not. And so there was no course or no lecture or anything. It was more that it developed over time. Yeah. Wow, that's great. And, you know, you answered the question with the yes and the no and the, how you went through it. But did you use any sort of a tool to help you get there? I mean, once you had gone through the burnout and then started coming out of it, and as you said, not with the plan, but with the book and with the audiobook, etc. Did you have any sort of a roadmap or a way to guide yourself about what you wanted to achieve? Yeah, actually, just a few weeks ago, I was told, Patricia, it's sometimes good to not have a plan and to be more unstructured. You are so structured. <laughs> and <laughs> so the honest answer would be yes, <laughs> because my, my brain is already pre uh, preparing. So I already have an idea. If I go way A, I could do A, B, C. Or if I go way B, I could do B, C, D, whatever. And so I always have kind of a roadmap in my head, but it's quite flexible. So I know where I want to be. And also what I learned last year is that's not a place or something I want to be. But my goal since last year is a person that I want to become. And the more I become that person, the happier I am. For example, I shared with you the coaching client who said he could prevent burnout because of our sessions. That's the kind of person I want to be. People ask me for advice and feel helped and heard afterwards. And that's great to have that roadmap and goal. And it also sounds like you'll never really arrive because as you're on that road and you're going down it and you're becoming the person you want to become, your definition may change and continue to evolve. Hopefully. I So many times I think, do I ever arrive? 
And then I think I hope I'll never arrive because I feel the day I arrive is the day I die. In German, we have a saying, the way is the goal. And that's the thing why I'm not celebrating only the big goals because they may change, they may bigger things come the way. But if you start to see the smaller things and celebrate smaller steps, that's the great part to keep you motivated because you know it's not about the big thing, but the three steps. And so I, I keep my focus on the little steps with the big roadmap in my head. I love that. The way is the goal. In fact, I was just watching a TV program last night and they said almost exactly the same thing, but they said the path is the goal. I thought that that was so good then. And I think it's even better now when hearing it from you, who's actually put it into place and not had it written by a scriptwriter. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so Patricia, one of the things that we, we hear from leaders, Susan and I hear from leaders, is they're experiencing, especially in today's world, different gaps in the workplace that make leadership challenging. And they can come in many different forms. For example, gender gaps or generational gaps or communication gaps or you name it, fill in the blank kind of gaps. And I'm curious, have you experienced those types of gaps either with the clients you work with or in your own business? And if so, what did you do about it? When I started founding my first company at the age around of 19, I figured out that so many people did not trust me, which made totally sense, to be honest, because I was 19. And I thought, I can tell you how business works. I had no clue, but I was motivated. So you see, motivation alone doesn't really help because an idiot that is motivated is just a motivated idiot and nobody will experience. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I needed is experience and really learn some things. And what I did, I at the beginning, I was really sad. I was really upset because nobody trusted me. Nobody wanted to listen to me, even though I understood deep inside why it was like that. So I started to do it like a duck. You know, the ducks on the surface, they look pretty relaxed. But beneath, they are doing this paddling like crazy. And that's what I did. I told nobody. I showed nobody. But I was paddling like crazy under the surface. And a few years later, when I learned a lot of lessons, I came back. And that's when people started to better understand me. Or we could have really first time a real conversation. And they realized oh, look, she now got experience at least a little bit. Um, and now we can work on a similar base and not that she's like 19 and whatever telling me. So the first thing is when you experience a gap, I would always recommend, I was upset, but this didn't help. So what I did is I learned to love it when people underestimate me. It's great. I mean, it couldn't be better. Because they are underestimating me. I have time to paddle like a crazy, like a duck. And as soon as I'm prepared, I will come back and the people will be like, wow, how did she do that? And that's the point I really like to do. How do they say let uh, success be the noise or something? I don't know how it works. That's the one experience, the one gap. The second gap I feel, I'm turning 30 next year. And I have a lot of male entrepreneurs around me. And when it comes to grow or start a family, something like that, it's interesting because the men are like, oh, yeah, you cannot prepare. And, you know, and there will be a baby and you will just keep working as always. 
And I'm like, wow, not at all. It will change everything because you cannot plan anymore, nothing. I don't have a baby yet. I'm just an aunt. And I see how crazy it can be. And they're like, oh, no, no, it will be the same. And again, I'm not sure if it's my turn to tell them to close the gap. So I decided for myself, some of them are also starting of having a family this year, next year. They will recognize for themselves. So whenever it's possible, I'm not trying to tell them how it works because life will show them anyway. And that's the case. I'm, of course, it does not always happen if there is, I don't know, racism or anything. You have to say something. But for me, I decided in this situation, it's the best. I keep my energy for myself, for my projects, for something else. And if they believe they want to have such a gap, I'm fine. I won't build that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Great answer. Thank you. You know, you mentioned resilience uh, earlier in the podcast. Can you talk more about it and what role it has played in your journey? I love that word. I love that word so much because it's so important. What I love about resilience or what is so interesting about it is, I mean, it's, it's, you can compare it to bouncing back, right? Whatever happens to you, if there's any circumstance in your job or your family, how fast can you bounce back? The main thing about resilience is you don't, just so you need it, but you don't know you have it until you need it. So it's hard to say now, oh, great, I'm such a resilient person, because most probably you don't know. But when there's a tough situation, then you'll know. And I was a little bit of a nerd. I always tried to learn more than the others and be ahead. Same with resilience. I tried, how can I, in personal development, how can I learn different things? And I figured out that's not something you can learn by books or by lectures or anything. That's something you have to experience in life. Yeah, let's say with every breakup you have, for example, every breakup is hard. But every time you know better how you yourself work, how you react, what you need, what you do, what's good for you. And that's resilience. Bouncing back every time a little bit faster. So last year, when I was in Italy... It was actually the first time I gave myself time and space just to bounce back. I was not needed anywhere, so I just could really take the time. And I figured out that everybody has his or her experiences and stories in life, so I won't tell anybody. But of course, I also had mine. Lost some friends, um, lost a former company, for example, stuff like that that really didn't make any fun. But in that moment, it helped me so much because I knew, okay, whatever comes, I will figure it out. Will it be great? No. Does it make fun? No. Does it need all my energy and will it be exhausting? Yes. But can I do it? Yes. And that's the thing I think resilience is so great because every time we experience something or have a tough situation, a hard situation, it will be easier, even though in the first moment it doesn't look like that at all. I mean, we all know it, right? You're also reminding me that you also had your family around you. You talked about your dad. And so he's he's watching out for you. So you had that support system. 
Yeah. I, I had it, but I ignored it, <laughs> to be very honest. <laughs> wait, ta- wait a minute. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I mean, come on. When your dad tells you, oh, wait, stop working, do less. What would you do at the age of 20, 22? Well, I worked even more to show him, I can prove you're wrong. It's all worth it. He didn't care and I didn't notice because he just wanted a healthy daughter. Well, it took some years. (laughs) Well, yeah. So maturity, that's also part of it, right? Exactly. Because you did listen to him at the wedding. Yeah. I mean, I only had the chance. He took my laptop away and gave me a bottle of sparkling wine. So what else should I do? Right. Yeah. Yay for your dad. So you had had some support. Um, The other thing I'm thinking about is your connection to nature with Mm -hmm. horses. And that's it. I would imagine that is also feeding your resilience. It is. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of a study um, which was made on trees. And the result is that trees help you to recover faster And if you're going regularly to the forest, you will stay more healthy, also mentally. And if you're in a hospital and you can go in the park, those patients recovered faster. And if you cannot go out and you can only see the tree out of the window, you are recovering faster than the people who are not seeing a tree outside. So I I can only really encourage everybody to go out, see some trees, some forests, and just enjoy, you know, the smell of the forest. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you take time regularly to go out into the forest? Yeah. Because <laughs> when I get grumpy, I know, okay, I haven't been to the forest or the horses or dogs or anything in the last days. So actually just put me in the nature, give me some animals, and it will be all fine after 30 minutes. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a good tip. How do you optimize achieving this balance that you're going for? You said you didn't want to, you want to be more balanced. You didn't want to always be driving so hard. So how do you do that? Well, you've got a lot of priorities, obviously, with personal stuff and professional stuff and um, got your fingers in multiple pies professionally. So how do you keep a balance in all that? First of all, I started to accept that I will not optimize anything anymore. I know I'm picky on words now. This is my psycholinguistic Patricia. Hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> Alter ego. No, just kidding. Um, because I figured out what's really difficult is when I try to hustle or when I try to optimize, I always tell myself it's not good enough the way it is. And that's why I learned, okay, how can I, like you said, how can I balance it? And the question is, if I have too many things I need to balance, why are there so many things? So what I started to do is that every day I'm doing three high impact to-dos. And those three high impact to-dos can take five minutes, five hours, whatever. For example, if I need to call a lawyer because for a company setup, it might take two minutes, but it's high impact because now they can set up the company. So I can check this off my list and I only have two left. And with this, my day, sometimes my workday is done after 10 minutes, sometimes after eight hours. And there are days, of course, where it sometimes is even more. But these days are like once every three months, maybe now. So super rare. 
So the first question to answer your question is, have less balls, have less uh, yeah, projects you're, you're jongling with, and then figure out what are the three high-impact things that really change something. Because so often, we don't want to be productive. We want to be busy. And when I learned, I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. I could cross off a lot of things. And that's helping. That's wonderful. Great advice for all of our listeners. So, Patricia, what types of support do you need uh, to be successful? Yeah, good question. <laughs> because I'm still finding it out. What helps me a lot are friends who are in a similar position so they understand the challenges I might face or the situations I might go through. I also have super close friends, but they are professionally in a total different field, which is fine. They are happy. I'm happy. That's good. But for discussion on that, it's super hard because we don't understand each other professionally. And so what I realize, what I really need are people I can trust. I want to learn from. And I can I can share my experience and they can share theirs. So kind of, um, yeah, commitment buddies, I like to call it. So you can ask them, how is it going? How was your last week? How are your goals? And still, it's not too stressful. Yeah. Okay. You've had some really good tips here to share with people. Yeah, there's so much good stuff here in this uh, particular yeah. podcast. I'm so happy. It's great. Um, so we're really heading into the home stretch here. So we have a final question. And that is, if you could be any cartoon character, who would that be? Or what would that be? <laughs> It'd be Jerry from Tom and Jerry. Because Jerry is very clever. He has always fun. And he's a little bit mean, but you still love him. <laughs> Yeah, that's a side of you I haven't seen before, Patricia. <laughs> well, give, give it some time. <laughs> Maybe we should have her sister Victoria on here as well and interview her about this mean side. That's no, right. Better not. But then I want to come back. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> so like a point counterpoint. <laughs> and then we can yes. call your dad in. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you're giving us some great ideas great ideas yeah but still a little bit you know just a little bit yeah making fun of each other sometimes that's fun no <laughs> life shouldn't be too serious so okay well thank you so much for being with us today patricia it has been fantastic and as susan and i each said we've learned so much from you today which it makes it fun for us Thank you so much for having me. It was really great chatting with you. And I couldn't imagine how time flies by. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We'd like to give a special thank you also to the people who make this podcast happen. We couldn't do it without you. Marianne Metz, our media and brand manager for Women in Leadership. Lauren Penning, our communications and marketing leader for Seasons Leadership. And of course, Eric Wilson, our producer for the Women in Leadership podcast. Thank you to all. Please tune in on Women Wednesdays for upcoming episodes where we'll be interviewing more great leaders just like Patricia. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, have a great day.